Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Oh, yeah. I saw the sign. Listen to... Uh, Kenton, what are you doing? This Uh, is... This is... This is our first podcast, and you're going to scare everyone away. No one is here to hear you sing. Excuse me? What? Why are you even singing? Well, okay. Okay. I'm singing because just the other day I saw a sign. Okay. Yeah. Remember when we were up by Lake Superior in that little port town? Definitely. Yeah. And there's one of those magical little stores that nobody sees. You know, the kind that doesn't have a big sign out by the road? And there's all kinds of weird things there. Sculptures of metal dragons and, well... Sounds like your kind of store. Yeah, definitely. But right on the outside of this store, there was this sign. It said, I believe in the good things coming. Okay, the good things coming. I believe in the good things coming. So what does that mean? (laughs) Well, it really struck me because just the day before that, I was hearing somebody talk about the, the new UN climate report and how it was getting them a little bit worried. In fact, well, we can watch the news any day and there's all kinds of things to get you worried, right? Yeah. I mean, doom and gloom is there every day. <sighs> so this sign, it was saying something really positive. Like there's a choice between looking to our future and... Being scared and depressed and hopeless or looking towards our future and believing that if we all work things right, we could make really positive changes. (laughs) Okay, I like it. But (laughs) what about the bad things? I mean, I want to be the practical one here that raises their hand in class. Excuse me, but there's a reality here too. I guess I've heard you say this to me before. We all know that there's bad stuff out there. In fact, we're completely inundated with it. It's as if the bad stuff is is meat and the good stuff is vegetables. Now, I'm not trying to say anything about vegetarians. Or, okay, anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we have a plate that's completely filled with meat and we have one little slice of carrot on there for a vegetable. Uh, you know? Sure, I can see that. Maybe we could have a better balance. Hmm. Okay, balance. So you're saying to me, we all really are growing up already knowing, yeah, the oceans are dying and this, that, and the other thing. And I suppose a lot of people start to feel kind of despairing. I know I felt that way sometimes too. What's what's the alternative here? Well, the alternative is to realize that human species, and we can extrapolate that to ourselves as individuals, We are notoriously lousy at predicting the future. We can all believe in a given future. I'll just take two examples of what a lot of people believe nowadays. Okay. Okay. We can believe that the world is falling apart and it's soon to be plunging into complete chaos. I can see that. And when I believe that, Mm -hmm. of course, I think I'm right. And I'm going to find lots of evidence for that. That's the way Mm -hmm. belief works, 
right? I'm pretty sure I'm right, even though <laughs> we humans are lousy at predicting things. So then imagine how I feel on a daily basis, mm -hmm. right? Doom and gloom. Yeah, I probably don't have a real good attitude about things. I'm under chronic low-level stress and fear. I'm putting a lot of my energies towards just getting prepared for this, this negative future that I envision. So another thing that a lot of people believe, and of course they believe this and thus they think that it's correct and they'll see a lot of evidence for it, is that humankind is undergoing a huge spiritual awakening right now. We're oh, yeah. just yeah. shift of consciousness. Yes, right. Hear some people say it like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're right on the verge of this massive shift in consciousness where we're going to become a more compassionate, loving, caring species. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now imagine if I believe that what my daily life is like, mm. what it feels like, how I treat other people, how you know what I put my daily energies towards. Sure. So you can see the belief that I hold, understanding that my belief is probably not correct, even though the nature of belief is going to be that I'm going to sit and argue for it and believe it's correct. But if we can even take our beliefs not too seriously, we can see that our beliefs shape our actions. They shape how our mind is. They shape our definitely, attitude. Definitely. Definitely. I can even see that. In myself every day <laughs> <laughs> so what if i look at the world and i say okay i'm gonna make some reasonable preparations for various possibilities that could happen but when i choose my belief i'm going to choose one that is going to benefit me the people around me the most right now mm, that does have a nice feeling to it and we can choose a belief about the future that's going to engage us in community, in friendship, in mm -hmm. connection, in self-evolution. Awesome. This reminds me, actually, of fifth grade. Fifth grade? My fifth grade. Oh, yeah. Your fifth grade is probably different than most other people's fifth grades. Well, you might be surprised. My fifth grade year, Okay. I lived entirely in a state of fear. Huh. Yeah. This was Cold War time. Oh. And I had just heard something in the news about nuclear war. Wow. That it was very imminent. You know, we were right on the brink. And my memory of fifth grade is the entire year I was scared, really scared. Mm. And that creates this low-level chronic stress. When I think about most adults these days, well, it's kind of the same thing. We're seeing in the news constantly all these bad things and we hear about it people start to get really scared we're scared to let our children go out and play mm -hmm. we're scared of nuclear war we're scared of massive diseases we're scared of climate change even if this is just a little like thing that i'm holding in my in my heart in my spirit it's it's going to be affecting me i sure. mean we're talking about chronic stress here that's interesting. You know, you are always saying the thing they're going to find eventually is that it's not any of this other stuff, but that it's stress. 
That's for the, health. Yeah, for health. That's the number one biggest thing. And it makes me think, if we have all these little seeds of stress, I have a little stress about how I'm going to do on my presentation at work tomorrow. And I have a little stress about, oh, is that UN report actually accurate? What am I going to do in 12 years or whatever the projection is? All those little seeds, Not now you don't just have one seed. You have an entire garden planted, an entire stress garden. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Okay, so here we're still, we're talking about that negative, and I'm sorry for you for fifth grade, because that is scary oh, for anybody, sucked. yeah. It um, But here you are, bringing it forward. What do, what do we do? I mean, how do we start to transform this? Where do we get to the positive? Well, I think, I think today we'd like to talk about this in two realms, because we can make big changes in how we look at the world, but it's important that we see that there's the world events out there, and then there's our personal life. Mm -hmm. You know, and these things are more intertwined than we think, but it's kind of helpful to see that, okay, I, I can take control of my perception of world events, and I can take control of my perception of my personal life events. And you and I talk a lot about energy, and I think that's what it comes down to, is we have to make a conscious choice about our life energy. Sometimes I say, okay, every person gets 100 points of life energy mm -hmm. each day. What are we going to spend those energy points on? Oh, I, I love the analogy. I feel like it's, you've got two little jars. You know how you have the leftover coins at the end of the day and you <laughs> stick it in your coin jar. You've got two little jars and where are you going to put those points? In the positive jar or the negative jar? Yeah. And also remembering that energy is always going to translate into action. Okay, like the way that sounds, and I'm wondering how that's possible. If I feel despairing and I sit around and I do nothing, how does that translate into action, actually? Because action comes in many forms. If I am sitting there despairing, this is actually an action I'm taking. And by action, I mean it's, it's active in our physiology. Mm. If I sit on the couch and I stress and I'm really worried about something... This is activating part of my brain called the amygdala. Hmm. It's this little almond-shaped thing kind of tucked way down inside the, the brain Ooh, in a safe spot. The amygdala almond. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's, it's the fear center. The amygdala uh. is fear. And it's also very kind of self-centered. It's always thinking about me. So as I sit there on the couch, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? And I'm starting to be fearful. Mm. And my action, I'm being active in building my connections in that part of the brain. I see. I see. So I'm imagining that this is probably a useful part of our brain, especially a long time ago when we needed to run away from you know, the... <laughs> people are always say, oh, the saber-toothed tiger or whatever it is. But it probably was helpful in our modern day and age. Probably not as much because... I've heard at least in some places that our brain doesn't know the difference between a perceived threat and a real threat. So you're telling me if I'm sitting there and I'm stressing, I'm actually kind of creating for my brain an actual threat, even if there isn't one. Yes, you are. Wow. So negativity is kind of damaging to our health. It's really damaging to our health. We've got some studies that will hmm. <laughs> we'll cite in you here. You are that, always studying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that actually show, you know, how how bad this is for, for our health. But it's also just bad for our life in general. 
if you imagine you're spending a lot of your energy, your 100 energy points, in building up the strength of your amygdala, mm. you're starting to enter more and more into a fearful state. And, of course, if we're in a fearful state, everywhere we look around us, we're going to see evidence of that. Right. Kind of that. What do they, what do they call that? Confirmation bias Confirmation in a way. bias. Sort you of see like this. Yeah. Kind of a little bit like that. That's what it reminds me of. So I, I love this thinking about spending our energy because I guess I kind of see what you're saying. We are always doing an action, even um, if it's not outward looking, there's still something acting upon us within us. What do, where do we turn to the positive? We turn to a different part of our brain. All right. Yeah. So we've got the cerebral cortex. And then in the front of the cerebr cerebral cortex, there's all this good stuff up there. And those parts of the brain, they're related to things like compassion, to logical thinking, mm. to problem solving, to creativity. These are the parts of our brain that when we apply our action our 100 points of action to building up those parts of our brain, now we become actually able to solve the problems in our life, mm. not just worry about them, right. but solve them. And that goes for world problems too. If you look at a lot of the way our governments and world leaders are reacting, we're strongly in that amygdala. We're fearful. It's punch and punch back. Oof. It's not, hey, there might be a creative solution to this mm -hmm. that's outside the box that none of us have thought about. So even though you've hit me a whole bunch of times and I've hit you a whole bunch of times, maybe we can stop hitting each other if we sit down and we start talking a little bit. Right. So we're essentially turning off one part of our brain or the connection to it and trying to turn on another. I'm imagining this is the part of the brain that often gets uh, strengthened by meditation and other things, yeah. other activities like that. Again, we're talking about positive action. So if we are turning to that part of our brain, we could look at, say, a world problem. And instead of becoming worried, we could pick one thing that's really near and dear to our hearts and choose to apply our positive thoughts and then our positive action onto that. Yeah, we sure could. Because the world problems, you know, the reason it's good to put those in a different category is that these are very insidious. We're being fed this diet all the time of the world problems. And for the most part, we've feel very hopeless about it because we realize that we're, we're just one little person is the way we visualize mm -hmm. ourselves, right? An insignificant little person and we can have no effect on these big world events. So in essence, it sets up this, this feeling that I'm just sitting here as a spectator watching and seeing, is the gun going to be turned on me? Right. I have no power over it. I'm just waiting and watching for that day that the gun gets turned on me whether that gun is a giant storm or it's economic collapse or whatever. Whatever it is we fear. Mm. So then the flip side, the flip side is taking action, standing up and saying, I realize I could have a fear response. And instead, I'm going to go forward, even though I might still be scared and say this cause or uh, this belief I have is worth it to me that I'm going to take a positive action. And I think it's important at some point that we talk about 
positive action versus negative action. I think it circles around again to what you were talking earlier, where the negative action, it seems like it becomes harmful not only to others, but also to ourself. Whereas positive action, that to me seems not just life-changing for the, for the world, but also internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whichever we're choosing, you're right. It has this, it has this deep effect internally on us. And it has an effect that ripples out around us to our friends, our family, our co-workers, our social group, and ultimately into the world at large because we're all very connected. So I, I want to just stop for a moment here. And so those of you that are listening, I think you could probably think into your life, somewhere in your life, and you can imagine one person who's kind of impacted you negatively or one event that probably can come to your mind and you think, whoa, that was a hard time or, oh my gosh, trying to deal with this one person, man, they're just a thorn in my side. I also want you to think about one person or event that completely changed your life for the better. Someone who was a positive mentor or some event that you were a part of, maybe you transformed the world for other people. And just compare for a moment, just take a moment here and compare those two feelings and then imagine which course would you like to continue on which choice would you want to make to go ahead and continue creating positive change or going down that negative route how does it feel when you think of those two things oh soaking into that that's great rebecca because if we can take the time to actually feel how these different energies feel inside of us we're going to start to redevelop our habits. The trick is that fear sells, right? It triggers parts mm -hmm. of our brain and it's pretty addictive. So as we get addicted to it, it's kind of like junk food, right? <laughs> we get addicted to it and we start wanting and craving more and more. And we want to flip on that news channel and just see more of these disasters and, and they will feed it to us, of course. Of course. But if we can do what you said and we can start to pay attention to how it feels to be positive, yeah, we can start to flip that around because feeling positive actually feels way better than that feeling negative. Well, and I think that a lot of us don't even realize that we're caught in this sort of flurry of negativity. We feel as though something is amiss but you think, well, I'm trying to be a positive, happy person and a force for good in the world. And then you feel like maybe you're getting undermined all the time. And maybe it's just that we need to pay attention. Wait, I don't want to look at the newspaper every morning when I have my coffee. I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'm going to turn to something that tells me positive things. I mean, there's things out there like that. And I know we'll probably talk about that later. Oh, yeah. But just starting to recognize what is coming into me. What thoughts am I having? And which jar is the 100 points going into with that? Is it negative? Is it positive? And then how does that impact me? How does that make me feel? Because we have a choice of how to respond in our minds about something. So important. Because if we're going to make this choice towards the positive, we're up against a pretty steep hill. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Because I'm sorry. It reminds me of when you go to the grocery store and you've got that clerk that's just having a bad day and you're like, I'm going to try to make this person smile. And then he's like, oh, gosh, beautiful day out there. And they're like, yeah, but I hear it's supposed to rain later. And, you know, you continually try to make the, you know, like give a little bit of you know, happiness. And I think sometimes it isn't okay in our culture to be happy or to be positive or to be, quote, successful. And I think that's not true. We all have a right to choose positive. The momentum is strong right now in our culture. And it's, you know, it, it has to do with a lot of factors. But, but as we look at how well that fear sells, it's, it motivates us to continue to watch those, you know, those programs. And so if one news channel is going to compete with another one, it has yeah. to be more alarmist. You know, if anybody, I'm assuming a lot of you maybe have seen news lately and you'll see big warning flashes and alert and it's, <laughs> it's just trying to trigger our brains. Right. Our news is scarier. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And the more our brain gets wired higher and higher and higher mm. and that amygdala gets stronger and stronger and stronger, the more the news channels are going to have to go like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Right. Everything's falling apart. Right. To even get right. our attention. Right. right. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I can. I feel like I can see that. Uh, so let's take this into the personal realm for a moment because... Eh, can't. Because you back there said, hey, when we're talking about world events... Maybe we could choose something, right? Okay. Yeah. And so important that what do we do about this? Because there's all this energy. We know this bad stuff's coming in. We know it's out there. But as a feeling, loving, compassionate person trying to develop those things inside of ourselves, we have to do something mm. about that, right? Okay. And so what you brought up, and I think it's really important that we talk about this, is that we can take that energy that's incoming and we can turn it into Ooh. action. Yes. Right? I love that. Yeah. And you said, can we choose one thing? Right. So you love the oceans. Yes. And you want to start putting your energies towards saving the oceans. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you've heard about the homeless people in your city. Yeah. You want to start applying some energy towards that. Or how about the elderly people in nursing homes who have no one to talk to or the dogs at the local humane society who have no one to walk them? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Th there's so many things. There's so many things. <laughs> so don't get overwhelmed, right? <laughs> Pick the one thing right. right now. And it's freeing, I think, for me to know that I can choose something and I can change that choice mm -hmm. at any future time. So you're not locking yourself in and saying, Okay, the dogs at the Humane Society are the only important thing in the world <laughs> and screw everything else. Right, right. <laughs> right? It can feel like that sometimes. But. <laughs> but I'm saying, hey, now I'm going to go to the Humane Society and I'm going to volunteer to walk those dogs once a week, twice a week, whatever it is. I'm getting all kinds of positive reinforcement inside myself. I'm right. creating positive pathways. And I'm actually applying some of my 100 points of energy towards positive action and i know i'm changing the world yes even if it's just in a little way but the more we do this the more we start to enjoy helping others making those little changes in the world and it creates a ripple effect so can we choose one thing right and then see can we donate can we volunteer can, 
in what way could we help that problem? Right. Yeah. I have to say, anyone out there who chooses positivity over negativity is a hero of mine. Yes. I mean, I want to cry right now because I have known so many people who have been in difficult situations or even just a hard social situation where there's pressure to be negative and they've stood up and said, actually, I still am going to believe in, in things, the good things coming. And I, I love you people. And I know there's so many of you out there and I am here cheering you on. You are my personal heroes. (laughs) And I just feel like we can grow our numbers. Right on. Dang girlfriend. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to have to have some Kleenex now. <sighs> so you said personal. Do we get to talk about that? Let's, t- okay. let's get personal. I am so glad that you keep me on track. Thank you. <laughs> I keep you on track? Well, okay. Remember the scene? <laughs> <laughs> we keep each other on track. So this, this is definitely a big part of things is our personal life. The way we choose to respond to all of the things that come into our life every day. As we said, they're interconnected. We get immersed in that that negative kind of thinking from the big world problems. Right. And then it just bleeds into our, our personal life. And, boy, we look at a lot of couples, mm-hmm. you know, and how they interact and how parents with their children, friends. A lot of times it's it's almost kind of mean the way people can be towards each other and, very importantly, towards ourselves. Yes. You know, a lot of us are really mean towards ourselves. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started on that. I mean, I'm still a recovering perfectionist. And (laughs) I think the harder that we are on ourselves, then it it really does bleed out into other people. And sometimes we can be overly defensive when we don't really mean to. There's so many things that we do when we're not kind to ourselves and or when we're scared when we're scared of the big world events or even just smaller personal events, that fear can give us, I think, irrational reasons to be mean to other people. Mm. Often it's not exactly being intentionally mean. Right. It's just that we become, we're so stressed, we become pretty push button. Right. And somebody comes to us with some feelings or they're a little upset and suddenly we're snapping back. Right. Snippy and crunchy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am sure. (laughs) Snippy and crunchy. (laughs) Snippy and crunchy cereal. (laughs) Start your day this way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So I think that the thing is though, that that hurts us inside because we know that that's not how we meant to be. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it almost feels as though you're drowning in quicksand and you're trying to move and get out of it and it's burying you. So what do we do in this case? Oh, this this is the same thing. Realizing that we have a choice. At the end of this and every podcast... Our intention is to give you actionable steps that you can use so that everything we're talking about here, you know your next steps. If you want to take a more positive route in your life, here's exactly what you do. But the first thing is is making that choice because a lot of us don't realize we have a choice. Mm. We just think, this is how I am. I'm snippy. I'm short-tempered. Uh, inside, like you said... There's usually a part of us saying, 
this is not really me. Right. I don't want to be like this. Right. But it can seem impossible to get out of. And oh, we need to yeah. rewire our minds, our brains. Absolutely. I think kind of almost no matter what's going on, there is the avenue of choosing positive. We may have poor health and we may not be able to choose, yeah, I just want to get better because maybe that's not an option for us, but how we choose to look at how we're feeling. That's just one example. When we're having, we're in relationships with so many people in our lives, how do we want to choose to respond to them? It may seem, like you said, punch and punch back, but that coworker who is all prickles and comes up to you all the time and just wants to shed their quills into you, you can choose how do you want to respond, and it can be positive. That's what this is all about. It's all about choosing positivity, and I do not think there is a more powerful choice you can make in your whole life. When we choose positivity, we start applying our energies towards really great things, and we move into a better state of mental health and physical health, our attitude, our relationships change. This one decision to make this rewiring of our brain into a positive mindset. You know, maybe this is the time to talk about a couple of these studies. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's there's real life physiological stuff going on here Ooh. when we get positive. Is that a technical term? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> physiological stuff. <laughs> when we get positive. And... You know, there was an interesting one called the Nun Study. And that was 180 Catholic nuns. They looked at journals when these nuns were between the ages, I think, of 22 and 30. And, and then they rated, the researchers rated those journals for the amount of positivity. Mm. Flash forward <laughs> 60 years later, and they take a look at who's alive and how healthy people are. Wow. And the longest living nuns, they all had scored high on the positivity. This is just correlation, you know, obviously. Right. But a strong correlation between in our youth having this positive mindset and living long. Hmm. You know, so you're life. saying all the nuns who were left had had their journals rated as positive. Right. Wow. Right. I that's mean, pretty awesome. So if I just start a journal that's positive, will I live a long time? <laughs> All the things we're trying to do to live long, but probably one of the very best things we can do for our health is to have a positive mindset. Yeah. And nothing wrong, of course, with cleaning up our diet, exercising, this and this and this. But usually all we hear about is exercise and diet. Right. And whether we're talking the evidence in the blue zones or here in the nun study, we're seeing that having positive social connections. Right. Know, Looking at the world in a positive way. Smiles, laughter, play, I imagine. This is super healthy for yeah. you. Yeah. And, you know, and as you said, through Rewild University, we get to interact with all kinds of people. And, and we've seen very clearly that one person can have cancer terminal cancer, mm -hmm. and they can be in a state of not cutting them at all, but they can be thrown into a state of despair. Yes. Another person can have terminal cancer and can be, wow, I am going to live these last two years of my life and <laughs> it's going to be awesome. 
And so it doesn't really matter what our external circumstances are. We get to make a choice. A choice of what we think about it in our heads and what then we, how we respond. Right. Right. This is this should be human nature 101 that here we are standing and then there's a an external force coming in. We get to choose our response to the things coming into our life. Wow. And that's not usually what we're taught, right? We're just taught when something bad comes in, you go down. When right. something good comes in, you go up. And we're at the whim of the externals. But when we understand that we can choose our response, well, that makes a difference. So we've got Lisa Yannick from John Hopkins University headed up a study. And this was with, in regards to heart disease. Okay. Big, big killer out there. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have somebody in your family who's had heart disease, you're at much larger risk. So they were looking at, at positivity okay. <laughs> through various measures. And they found that if you have a high degree of positivity, okay. 13% less likely to have a heart attack, even when you have that family history, that genetic Okay, so, so say I have a parent who has had heart disease. Even so, if I'm positive, I am knocking off 13% there. Mark my words. These studies are just the tip of the iceberg. As, as time goes on and we research this more and more, mm -hmm. we are going to find that if you have a positive mindset, your chances of, of mental illness, of cancer of uh, autoimmune diseases, sure. all, all these things are going to decrease in likelihood. Not to mention the snippy and crunchy. Not to mention that daily experience of living. Yeah. Which if it's, if it's the snippy and crunchy, it's not really that fun. No. You know? And, and you're not really spreading goodness around you. You're kind of creating, as you said, you're seeding that garden with a lot of negative stuff <laughs> right absolutely wow i feel awesome about being able to talk about this and i'm just so glad that we can we can talk about this and we get to hear from all of you so oh, as you probably know this is our very first podcast and through the youtube channel we get to experience all kinds of great connections with all of you. We hope this is only going to increase through the podcast. So we want to hear from you. And when you say you're glad that this is happening, this is happening in part because of our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Who, who's doing some really super positive things in the world. So this is Project Rewild in the UK. Yep. Luke Funnel. Man, he's doing some great stuff with connecting people with nature. Just when I go to his website and I see all the pictures of children and families out playing you and start feeling oh really my good. gosh, just looking at that <laughs> makes me smile. So what he and Project Rewild is doing in the world is they are making rewilding and our connection with nature more accessible and they're taking directly into communities they they really have a strong focus on children and families 
And as I mentioned, they're doing these skills. You get to see these pictures of these kids that are, you know, blowing tinder bundles into flame. But they're also just having people play. It's that unstructured time in nature that I feel like our culture kind of just has squashed right out of us these days. And it is so, so exciting. Again, I get goosebumps (laughs) whenever I think about it. If you live in the UK, you've got, and you have a family or kids or Really, just anybody, because his programs are open to people of all walks of life. Absolutely, anyone. Got to check out his stuff and go to one of his his classes or events. If you're anywhere else in the world, still check out his stuff. It's really inspiring. So you could see his website. It's projectrewild.co.uk. Again, that's got those amazing, positive, inspiring pictures on it. Project Rewild on Facebook. I think it's... Project Rewild 18 is the uh, address for that. Okay. But if you look up Project Rewild, you should find him on Facebook. Remember, it's Luke Funnel. And then if you want to just contact him directly for whatever reason, you're interested, you want to touch base, you have an idea, you want to send some positive feedback, um, it's info. Project Rewild, info dot Project Rewild dot co dot uk. I think that's supposed to be an at. Because if it's an address. Really? Oh, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> Your writing is awful. <laughs> that wasn't very positive. My singing and my writing now? Snippy and crunchy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so info at projectrewell.co.uk. <laughs> Absolutely. The other people that make this possible and are bringing this to you are our patrons on Patreon. We love you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> You can see our Patreon page at Patreon slash Rewild University, and you can become a patron yourself. It's so easy, simple. Just a dollar a month makes a huge difference for us, keeps these things going, keeps our positive messages out there, and that communication and connection with you and with the world keeps it going. And of course, rewildu.com, you can check out our website with all of our information. Okay, so we promised some actionable, bullet-pointed, like, here's what you do about it. I want to say it is time for you to unleash your life. And this is in terms of positivity. So all these bullet points are about one heading, and that is practicing positivity. Because remember, what we're trying to do here is to rewire our brain, our 100 energy points, Instead of feeding them into that little amygdala and growing that, let's feed them up to the frontal lobes and really get excited about growing that part of our brain that is going to be smart, creative, um, compassionate, loving, right, friendly, fun, problem solving, problem solving. Yeah, in a very different way than sitting down with the nitty gritty fearful facts it's different i think i feel like it's open-ended it's exploratory and it's very um sponge-like so are you all ready do you want to rewire your brains we want to rewire our brains we want to rewire (laughs) (laughs) well i mean everything we do we're conditioning our minds we're training our brains literally every choice we make we train our brain that is one of the mantras essentially that we give to forest monks when they come to our programs here. Everything you do, whether you, you know, physically, if you're sitting on a chair right now, you are training yourself 
into sitting in a chair. If we're running, we're training ourselves into running. What we train our minds into, that's happening every single moment. When you sit down to watch TV, you are training your mind in a certain way. So making this choice, we know we cannot help. What we're doing right now is training our brain. How are you going to train it? Absolutely. Are we going to let other people just train it for us by saying, okay, I'm going to have you get addicted to this program and this and that and that, and I'm just going to program your brain for you. Right. Or are we going to do it ourselves? Absolutely. And the same is true with autopilot, right? It is time to get off autopilot. Even if you're just cruising on it for an hour or two a day, you don't need to be on autopilot. Autopilot oftentimes has the little pop-up window that says, snip at your child, right? Get frustrated with your husband. He's left the toilet seat up again. But again, (laughs) come back. We can notice awareness and then we choose. Do I train my brain down the same path or do I take a different one? Here are just a few powerful ways that you... Powerful. I like to say that. Powerful. (laughs) (laughs) That we can retrain our brains. Excellent. The first is random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness. These bring us out of our shell and they start to get us social and connected. Right. Thinking about others, it takes creativity. Mm-hmm. It takes I'm power. sensing the frontal lobes here. Yeah, they are <laughs> starting to churn, right? And they're growing stronger. I have to just bring up a random act of kindness that happened to us this past summer, which was amazing. I I still feel almost speechless about it. We went for a hike, our family. Um, we took our forest monks with us to this beautiful spot up on Lake Superior. And when we came back... We noticed this strange thing on our car window. And we were like, what is that? And we got closer. And here was this beautiful, smoothly polished stone from Lake Superior that someone had painted these beautiful little circles in this pattern. And then they put a different color paint on top of those circles and then a different color paint. It must have taken them hours. It was breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, it is still. We have it here with us. And they had just left it for us. There were no other cars in the parking lot at at that point in time. When we got there, there were. So obviously someone had left it for us. It it just made all our days. It was like you added, they added magic back into the world. (laughs) And it doesn't even have to be that extreme. You can just, you know, compliment the checkout person. Say, wow, that color looks great on you. Yeah, it's, you know, carrying, carrying some groceries out for somebody that looks like you know, they're having trouble with carrying yeah. their groceries, taking, if, again, if you're at the grocery store, <laughs> taking somebody's cart and putting it away for right. them. Shovel it someone's can be something sidewalk. small or, yeah, it can yeah. be a little bit more invested like that. You see a homeless person on the side of the street, take them out to dinner. Yeah. Wow. You might not only do some good for that person, but meet somebody really fascinating and learn a lot. As you do these little things too, I think there's a side benefit, which is that your life becomes more adventurous. You're starting to sprinkle some novelty in there. You can start each day going, I might not exactly know what's going to happen today. Mm. It's not all just rote routine. It makes life super adventurous, doesn't it? <laughs> I think so. I think that adds to the positivity. You know, We can do this also, maybe less adventurous, unless we get really creative, but we can do this with our family mm, too. So important. Yeah, just little nice things that, that they're not thinking of. And... If the 
man is the one that always does the dishes in the family, then maybe she does them this night. And it just takes him completely by surprise. Or if he's not the cook, usually he cooks. Right. That could be a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) It's the thought that counts, right? (laughs) I have to just stop it. Maybe no more random acts of kindness. (laughs) Right. No more random acts of kindness in the kitchen. (laughs) I have to just stop and mention my own mom here, who is one of the most thoughtful women ever. And I say that not just because she's my mom, but because she has this way of paying attention. She notices what people in her life are drawn to what we like we might be out shopping someplace and she sees us come back again and again to a certain pair of earrings oh it's really nice oh i'm just not gonna go oh, that's just so pretty oh and you know you put them away you walk away and they're in your christmas stocking or whatever your birthday are those earrings it's like she notices and it isn't just with big things it's with small things too just being kind and caring you know helping out where you least are expecting it hmm. it's amazing so Shout out to my mom there and, of course, to all moms out there. But remember that, that really nurturing, caring, paying attention to the other people in your life that are close to you, noticing them. What is it that they think Mm. is special (laughs) and adding a little bit of that into their life? Okay, here's number two, gratitude practice. This one's more internal. Attitude of gratitude. Gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) And it's directly rewiring our brains. How does one do a gratitude practice? There's lots of ways. When we gather with the forest monks for a session, you know, we're going to do some survival stuff and some martial arts and, mm. and all kinds of cool stuff. It always starts with a little circle. And each person goes around and we, we feel and express some gratitude for something in our life. But if you want to just do this on your own, right in the morning, tends to be, for me, the best time. Though you can do this at night. If you stop in the middle of the day and do it, awesome. And just choose one thing that you're really feeling gratitude towards. And to make this, to rewire your brain, you can't just think, I'm grateful for my wife. Yeah, she's great. Okay. No, I have to feel it. Right. I have to feel it. Just soak into that feeling of being so filled with gratitude for that person in your life, for that event, for that thing. Whatever it is you're choosing is your object of gratitude. Feel it. And even if you just do this for a minute or two minutes, it's it's really going to do some rewiring. For some reason, gratitude practice, I'm not going to cite a bunch of studies here, but there's a lot of work that's been mm. done on seeing this hits us on so many levels and really, really changes our life from the inside out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more that we think about the things we're grateful for, the more we see that we can be grateful for. And it becomes gratitude on top of gratitude. And you know, I one thing I like <clears throat> is writing one or two things down, you know, maybe at the end of every day. Mm. And then you suddenly have this you know, notebook filled with things that you can go back over and if you're having a hard time and you just want to shift up things go into that gratitude journal Uh and looking through and sometimes you can remember the things you never you know oh oh, that time (laughs) that we stopped at that little park and actually ended up wading through and finding those stones and it was so beautiful things that you might not remember that suddenly just trigger uh, uh, that wellspring of joy wow it's 
it's awesome around the dinner table. If you have a family mm. or, or group that you're living with, whatever it is, if you're religious, that gratitude can go towards the divine, towards God. If not, you can just do what we do with the forest monks. You go around that circle and you just all say something that you're <laughs> grateful for. Wow. I'm grateful for your smile. Oh, <coughs> shucks. You have such a nice smile. Thanks. <laughs> so number three is media intake. This mm. is the world coming at you. And you do get a choice of what you turn on, what you see to a, to a degree, right? So what what are you going to do? I really advocate reducing the stuff that's coming in because when we choose something that we're going to act towards, right? I've, mm-hmm. I've made my choice. I'm going to work towards the oceans. That's right. really going to be important to me this year. If I sit down and I have a daily diet mm. of all these other horrible things happening, that's just, that's pretty overwhelming, right? Yeah. And is it super valuable knowing about all these terrible things if you're not doing something about it? You're just taking that into yourself. And unless you're a Zen monk, you're not going to be able to just take that in without taking damage. Oh, absolutely. The age of information is kind of a double-edged sword. It's great to know things, but it's also really hard to know all of the different things that are going on that even if you wanted to drop your life and completely devote it to something, how many of those things can you devote it to before you're spread so thin? And so, again, trying to just take down a few notches how much of that barrage of what's wrong. So are there places we can go to hear what's right? There are places we can go. There's, there's a couple news sources like Daily Good and a Good News Network. And these deliver positive news. So you can go there and you can read positive news stories. Mm. Now, right away, often our our bias jumps in. And this is a culturally conditioned bias, something we're addicted to. that says, that's not real news. <laughs> the horrible stuff is real news. And people will defend the, the real news and say it's really important that we, that we are hearing all this. But what they might not be realizing is that they're only getting a tiny little sliver of the bad news. Right. And if you really think it's important to hear the bad news, you need to sit down at the computer all day long and be getting news from all kinds of different sources about all the bad stuff that's happening in the world. And even if you spend all day long doing that, it's not going to work. So you probably need to invest in a lot of coffee and stay up at night and, <laughs> and continue getting all the negative news from around the world. Is this funded by the coffee people? Okay. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> no, so, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I mean, Where do you stop? Exactly. If where you really do you think draw it's the important line? to bring that stuff into your life, where do you stop? Because right. I'll tell you, you know, CNN or Fox, they are not giving you the whole picture. You need to go to numerous, numerous different right. Or go there yourself and see what's really going on. Even better yet, because yeah. everything, all the information we get is being filtered through somebody's opinion. Absolutely. But here, we can change it around, go to some of these positive news sources. Again, that's Daily Good and Good News Network are just two of them that are out there. And that starts to bring some positivity Absolutely. And be a herald to yourself. If you have some good news, share it. Mm -hmm. Say, oh, you wouldn't believe it. But here's this random act of kindness that this person did for me and I feel awesome. Or I just learned about this school group that went out and they cleaned up the local lake and start spreading the good stuff. Number four. We already talked about this. We did. We'll just do a reminder here. 
choose a cause, choose something local, something international, whatever it is, find something that you can apply yourself towards energetically in a positive way. And it doesn't even have to be outside your family. It could be just devoting yourself to being the most amazing mother that you possibly can, being as love-filled as you can mm. towards the people around you. Hey, I know I'm a mom myself, but our kids are the next generation. And someday we will be old people and how will they take care of us? Mm. So being a parent is, I don't even want to get started. It is so important. <laughs> and the way that you are can can mean the difference between everything. So stay active in what you choose. You know, take that action, make it positive, and notice how you feel about yourself, how you feel about the world when you have something like that in your life. Finally, stay on your rewilding journey. So yeah. to us, rewilding covers every aspect of our life. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, rewilding is asking you to get out and move around and play get out in nature and clean up your diet those types of things those impact your brain <laughs> which we know is so important they impact the whole state of your health and and I don't mean just how healthy your body is I mean your mind too and that has an extremely big impact on how you feel about the world about your positivity so that movement that walk through the woods it's going to be putting good energy towards the, those frontal parts of my brain. That really good, healthy diet that I start eating, again, that, that's going to go in and bolster up that part of me. Everything about rewilding yeah. really focuses into positivity, at least in my definition of it. <laughs> Mine too. I, I think it's just incredible to continue to look at bettering yourself in all the ways that you can, you know, give yourself some love, allow yourself to have some falls, but pick yourself back up again and stay positive. Remember to visit rewildu.com. That's R-E-W-I-L-D-U.com for more resources to unleash your life. Thank you all so much for joining us for our very first ever podcast. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and... We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for all of you that are supporting our work. We are here because of you, and we are very grateful. Very, very grateful. And to everybody listening, love to you all. Absolutely, and the most positive of positives. <laughs>